Jason. Thanks Welcome. for finally sitting down. Like this is taking a little bit of work in the, in the last couple of weeks to maybe a little longer in the last couple of months to try to bring us to this point of defining that we are starting this podcast and finally sitting down and talk about it. Episode one. Episode one. And the what leading is, a serving podcast. I love that Doesn't name. that sound amazing? I do. <laughs> We're going to lean into that, right? Yeah. So, so. Jason, we're new. Yeah. Nobody knows you. Tell, tell me about you. I know you, but you yeah. tell me about you. Well, um, my name's Jason Kemp. I've um, been living here in Indiana for about nine years. Uh, before that, I grew up in the Southwest in New Mexico. Um, a short stint in Texas and 12 years in Colorado. Um, so, um, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm new to the Midwest, still trying to get used to uh, just a little bit different vibe and different yeah. culture. I love it. We love it over here. Um, but yeah, I'm married um, a little over 25 years. We've Congratulations. got five kids. Um, two are out of the home. One works full-time for one of your businesses, which is, yes, he does. Which is a joy. He's love a rock that. star. Love it. And um, a daughter in college. Then I've got two high school sophomores here, um, here locally. And then we've got a five-year-old that we adopted a number of years ago. Um, medically fragile. And then we also do some foster care. So we've got a six-kiddo in the home at the moment. Um, so we're, we're just hoping for sleep. You're a busy guy. My wife is a rock star. Let me just, let's just. That's awesome. Maybe she's the one we need to put on a podcast. Okay. His we'll wife put it that is way, definitely so. a rock star. Yeah. Yeah. I just get lucky to, <laughs> uh, to ride on her coattails. So. There you go. <laughs> well, tell us about you, Chris. Uh, so my name is Chris. And um, I, I actually, funny thing is, is I'm a transplant too. I just. Never put those two and two together. Oh, okay. Think everybody thinks so. So you've been in Indiana all your life? Nope. I actually have not. Um, I'm from New Jersey. Um, moved out here when I was 12, so I'm kind of on the verge of almost calling myself a Hoosier. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I have um, married to my wonderful wife, who's a rock star as well. Mm, yes, she um, is. And um, I am thankful for her. And I have two daughters. One's a freshman and one's a seventh grader. And they, too, are rock stars in their own place and just – Navigating life and just growing and trying to learn new stuff. Never bored, are we? Ah, never. Like, yeah, I'm just, yeah, just yeah. trying to keep up with life is just a whole new facet this 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 year. And even after the <laughs> pandemic, I, I had a little bit of a break during the pandemic. Right. Um, and that was nice. Yeah. Now it's not because now I'm just running nonstop again. There you go. So, so why why start a podcast, man? What you know? That's a great what question. That for you. Am I supposed to answer that or you? I, I'm going to put you on the hot seat first. Okay. You know, I'm super excited about it. I just I got to tell you, like it is just a joy to be connected to so many great leaders in our community and outside of our community because there's many people that I know that are outside of our community, mm -hmm. but just the way they do leadership and how they serve their employees, their customers the people in their church or the people that are they're connected to in nonprofits or for profits it just it it flows through them no matter where they're at which is just an amazing thing and so i'm super excited about using this opportunity as a podcast to sharing that with others to try to help them um, empower them to learn um, from what we've learned as well as uh, help us to learn more i mean I just got this feeling that we're just we're not done learning, and we've got a Absolutely. lot, lot more to learn, and a, on that. and a lot more to um, 
I'm, I'm looking forward to affecting more people and as, I, as my life goes on um, for the betterment of, of leading is serving because I truly think that's what it comes down to. Absolutely. I love that. I just love the concept behind that if we're fighting for the highest good of someone else, that mm-hmm. if I am out for making sure that my friend Chris Wood is you know, living at the top of his game, healthy, his family's doing well, and I can pour myself into you, mm-hmm. that 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 is a form of leadership that you turn around and you've got my back. Right, too. completely and, agree. And so that's that's why we're calling it the Leading a Serving Podcast is because that's what we want to highlight in our community is the the people, the organizations, the, uh, the teams, the businesses that are fighting for the highest good of our community. Right. I mean... People, it's, I mean, it's not about the bottom line it's for us. It's not about the bottom line for us. It is a bigger picture thing, and that is just one small facet. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's important, mm-hmm. but it is not the only facet of business, and it is, I hope to um, make sure that that comes through in, in what we're trying to do today. Absolutely. In, in future podcasts. Yeah, and, you know, I, I come from a nonprofit background. I've mm-hmm. been in nonprofit leadership for over 20 years. Um, I'm jumping into some for-profit ventures currently, mm-hmm. um, you know, and you're coming from the for-profit world and, and we're actually going to talk about that, I think, in the, in our interview coming up here in a few minutes about how for-profit and nonprofit have had different goals, but when it's for the community in both of those realms that our world is better, our, right. you know, right. the, the communities that uh, we live in benefit. Mm-hmm. And it truly, did, and then I'm sure... JC, I'm super excited about talking to him today. Is you know, it doesn't matter which side of that fence you're on; those are just both just different avenues to be able to affect the community in a yeah. great way. Yeah, when people when people are our focus, right? When other people are focused in the bottom line, that's we we all win. Mm-hmm. We all win, and that's this is so true. And that's what we that's what we want out of this podcast is to bring some resources, some connection, some development, ways of thinking about business, ways of thinking about leadership, right? That Put us in a different space because right. COVID's been a a world changer, game oh, changer. Oh my goodness! It's caused us to look at things completely different. I completely agree, and both negative and positive, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at some level, it's not always been. There's a lot of people that have gone along through a lot of negative as well, but there's been some positive as well, and we just we got to try to help balance that out. And this is just a great opportunity for us to for people to share their experiences and be able to help us balance yeah. that out. Yeah, so each week on the podcast, we hope you'll tune in. Um, we'll be uh, bringing some thoughts around leadership, around uh, what it means to lead our businesses, our families, in each circle of our influence. Correct. Um, but also, we're, we're, we're interviewing, um, we're starting locally yep. with some of the people that have impacted our lives, that are out for the highest good of others and their mm-hmm. community. And um, so, yeah, we'll hope, hope to bring tidbits for you that hopefully will challenge you push you further in uh, how you think about business and what we're doing in life. So tell us about this first interview, Chris. I so, think uh, this guy's going right? to be a good one, right? Super excited about this. Um, his name is JC Wagaman. Mm-hmm. He is an insurance. He, um, he owns an insurance company, um, Rockstar, and he is uh, super passionate about our community. And he, it is, it overflows out of him. And it's just okay. super exciting to listen to his passion and listen about um, the things that he's gone through and, and where he's at today and how things have changed for him. So I am super excited about him. So let's, let's make the jump. Here we sounds go. Sounds good.
welcome. We're here with J.C. Wagaman, and uh, it's a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to diving a little bit more in your story and and uh, learning about leadership and kind of who who you are, who you are and what makes you tick, man. So, awesome. Glad well, you're glad you're here this morning. I'm glad so, to be here. So you've been around uh, here, the south side of Indianapolis, for a few years. Yep. Um, but uh, who's your native? Is that right? Yeah, I was uh, born and raised up in northern Indiana, um, in the Syracuse Wallace area. And graduated from Wallace High School, and then uh, from there went on to Ball State University. And uh, after Ball State, got into the insurance business, and they said, "Hey, pack up your stuff. You're moving to Lafayette, Indiana." Mm, so, live on sea to Lafayette, huh? Yeah. Well, there was a short stint in southern Minnesota for nine months, but uh, after that, yeah, they said, <laughs> "Can you even count it? Since it was only nine months, I guess." <laughs> yeah. Right. Hey, a lot can happen in nine months. That's yeah. True, <laughs> That's true. That is true. That is true. Uh, so married and a couple kids, right? Yeah. Uh, so I met my wife at Ball State, and um, you know we kind of met our sophomore years, and then we're just friends all through college until the timing was right and um, part of a bigger plan, I guess you could say. And then I started dating my senior year and got married in uh, 2004. So we've been married 17 years, which is crazy to say that out loud. <laughs> right, and, it is. Uh, so we got two kids. I got my son, Aiden, who's 11 and a half. And uh, my daughter Ellie, who is eight, just turned eight. So very good, yeah. very good. Well, outside of family and work and everything, what just kind of what what makes you tick? What who is JC behind the behind the behind the curtain? Um, I'm a complicated individual. Just ask my wife. Um, <laughs> We're with you on that. So you know, I you go I go back through my life and my story, and and I can't tell you about where I'm at today without telling you where I've been. And my story goes back to when I was 10 years old. When I was 10 years old, my dad unexpectedly passed away very suddenly, um, leaving just my mom and I. And um, fast forward, when I was 14, we were homeless. Uh, found ourselves living on people's couches in our community. Um, good people out there, great people out there were willing to take us in um, for a couple weeks here, a couple weeks there. Um, but I decided at that point in time that that wasn't going to be my story. I worked my butt off, got a full-ride scholarship to go to Ball State, and off to Ball State I went, um, leaving that life behind as fast and as far in my rearview mirror as I could. And so at Ball State, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, when I was in high school, I was the kid that was setting up fundraisers at the local grocery store, selling coupon books, or going door-to-door selling Boy Scout popcorn or pickles or whatever the fundraiser of the week was. Um, I always wanted to try to be number one at that. So I, I knew it would be sales-related of some sort, and um, so I started down the business path and marketing and sales path. And then somebody came to me when I was 19 years old, 20 years old, and said, hey, have you ever met an old, poor insurance guy? So I thought about it. I said, well, no, no, actually, no, I never have. And when you're coming from poverty and, and homelessness and somebody throws that at you when you're 19 and 20, I jumped all over that. Mm-hmm. And so um, I decided to go into the insurance business. So I graduated from Ball State. Um, moved up to Minnesota for nine months of training, and that's when they moved me back to Lafayette, Indiana after that. And so I started my insurance career there. And I did really, really well for myself, um, better than I ever thought I would, to be honest with you. And so I started making money hand over fist, and I spent it as fast as I could make it because, when, you know, when you don't have something and then all of a sudden you have it abundantly, right? Um, 
I didn't have any any type of spiritual guidance in my life at the time. Um, I was very selfish. As again, asked my wife, um, very self centered, and um, because I was out to prove something, right? And uh, so when the market changed in two thousand and eight, I lost over a hundred grand a year in income. And I, you know, I've often heard, "Get on your knees, or God will put you there." Mm. And so I was humbled very, very quickly. Um, I didn't like who I'd become. Um, you know, God showed me that you become somebody who had fallen in love with money. And it had kind of been my God, essentially. And so I didn't like who I had became. And so I was looking for something different. Uh, I stayed in insurance for another couple of years, even switched insurance companies, went to work for an independent insurance agency. Bad fit, and I, I got to the point where I'm just like, you know what, I'm done with this. I don't want to do insurance anymore. I don't. It, it just was too painful for me because I'd worked really, really hard, done really well, built it up, and in a matter of no fault of my own, it had disappeared. And then on top of that, you know, I didn't like who I had become in that process. So, um, got out of insurance completely. I let my licenses lapse. I didn't want anything to do with insurance. Um, marketed a travel company for five years. Had a heck of a lot of fun. Didn't make enough money. Um, and then that was the time my family and I moved down here to, to, um, South side of Indianapolis, uh, where she grew up around here, all of her families around here. And with the great schools, our kid approaching school age, we decided to, uh, to move down here. And so I went to work for an equipment rental company in sales, did that for a couple of years. Then, um, it was like going to school, it was like going to work every day at a high school locker room, just rough crowd. Um, and I just, you know, it was fun for a while, but not every day. And so a friend of mine said, hey, we're, you know, I've partnered with this entrepreneur. We're starting a business. We could really use a sales guy. I'm like, I, I don't know what we're selling, but it's better than what I'm doing now. So went to work for them, and I was promised a bunch of things, and the ownership never delivered on those things. Um, and so, you know, I didn't really receive any training in an industry I knew nothing about. So, um, but the, the, the line was drawn when... They were asking me to do things that I just, I don't operate that way. I was asked to lie, to cheat, to deceive um, customers. And I, I, I never had to do that to be successful. And I wasn't about to start now. Right, right. And so, um, you know, the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was when he says, you know, I really think you're spending way too much time with your kids and doing kids' activities. I need you at the office more. Wow. And that's when the wheels started turning and started formulating um, some business ideas. And I, I have always wanted to own my own business. And so um, came home, talked about it with my wife, and we started coming up with ideas. And, and she's like, well, what about insurance? Again, you know, you were a really good insurance agent. I'm like, no, no way. I'm not doing that again. Get away from me with that. And, and um, one day we're sitting in church and our pastor's giving a sermon just, you know, um, if you can accomplish your dreams without God's help, then they, they really aren't big enough. And mm -hmm. so um, it just, it, it was like a lightning rod through my soul. I knew what I was supposed to do. So I decided to open up an insurance agency again. Um, I had to go get licensed and all of that stuff. But mm -hmm. my insurance agency wasn't going to be about padding my pockets like it was when I was in insurance the first time. So what if we can use insurance and just alter our model just a little bit to where we can take a portion of everything that we're doing, reinvest it back in our community to impact our community through insurance. Because insurance is something everybody has to have, right? Right. right. And I, we sell you something we hope you never use. That's not fun. 
you know, when I'm out trying to recruit people to come work for me, they will often say, oh, JC, insurance might be your thing. It's not my thing, though. I'm like, you think insurance is my thing? So insurance is just a vehicle. It's a vehicle that enables me to make a big impact in our community. So what we do is we'll partner with nonprofits each and every month. We'll promote them through our proposals. We'll promote them in our conversations. And then at the end of the month, we come alongside them and we give them a portion of our revenue to help support that agency. We support two types of organizations, organizations that either elevate the human condition, meaning help feed, clothe, or educate people. And then we help organizations that support our military veterans and first responders, such as police and fire. Mm -hmm. Two groups of people that I'm very, very, very passionate about um, helping. So that's, you know, that idea started two years ago. And and since then, we've contributed back almost $20,000 back to our community. Um, in those two years, Congrats. and that's, awesome. that's amazing. People ask me all the time, JC, how's it going? You know, how you doing? I'm like, I gave back twenty thousand dollars to our community, man. It's it's fantastic. Right. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't even know how to how else to answer it. So, that's kind of full circle how mm-hmm. we got where we're at today, and things are moving along, and and it's it's been an incredible ride. I love that you measure success not by the bottom line, but how much outflow into the community. Well, that's, that I was our that. mission. It's beautiful. You know, yeah. we didn't have a net income mission. Mm-hmm. We had a community impact mission. That's and awesome. A lot of people, they'll say, JC, that's kind of silly, man. You need to focus on growing your business. I said, look, if I put first things first, everything else will fall into place. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. It's a, big, it's a big case study in walking in blind faith. We hear lots of nuggets of wisdom dripping from everything you've said in the last couple of minutes, but um, what, what is the overarching principle for you? What is the value that, that you live life by? Um, I love to have fun. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a joker, I'm an entertainer, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I like to have a good time. And um, so those are the things that, that are, um, you know, very important to me, but uh, when it comes to guiding principles, it's always do the right thing. You know, there, there's no shortcut uh, in life. And I've seen people, and you see them, and you see their lives in chaos all the time. And I'm sure you could think through your life, right, of all the different people that you've had, and you can see the chaos that's in their lives. And then you start looking at some of the decisions they make, and it almost always boils down to they're trying to take a shortcut somewhere hmm. or multiple different places. And so just do the right thing. Be honest with people. Be transparent with people. Let's lay all the cards out. You know, you and I are trying to do business together. Let's lay the cards out. Here's what, here's what it is. And we either want to move forward or we don't. And, you know, that is, is, is just honesty, honoring God in everything we do. And then on top of that, um, you know, my other guiding principle is time will expose you or promote you. Mm-hmm. So you can fool people for a while. Some people are good at fooling people for a long while. Right. Um, but at the end of the day, it, it, it will catch up with you. Mm-hmm. Um, people will find out the truth. And you can't lie forever. Yeah. That, that's, that is some great wisdom. It's amazing how, um, I know in my younger years, like there was a time where I, you know, you thought you could try to uh, shortcut things that you thought would probably take you farther and get you somewhere. But it, at the end of the day, it's just going through that process and making sure that you're doing the right things at the right times. Um, so what, what's some, what is an accidental value that you've stumbled upon in this time that you've been in business um, that's made a huge difference on, for you? you know, I kind of had fun thinking about this question. And um, to be honest with you, it's, it's embracing failure. 
Mm-hmm. And instead of running away from it, run towards it. Um, and people think that that's crazy, right? The younger me would have thought that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's the lessons that you learn through that failure that, you know, ultimately put you to success. I mean, success isn't, isn't rocket science, okay? It's, it's, a, it's nothing more than a system of course corrections over the, the period of your life. You know, you try something, it didn't work. And you change course a little bit, you learn from it and try something else. And it's just this constant back and forth until, you know, you ultimately get to where you want to go. And one of <laughs> mediocre, uh, mediocrity will kill more dreams or complacency will kill more dreams than failure ever will. Mm. And so I, I'm never satisfied. No, no matter how much I improve, I'm never done. And there's always another level. Um, and those are some of the guiding principles that mm-hmm. have kind of taken me from a leadership perspective, from a learning perspective. Um, but don't fear failure. It's definitely something that we've, as a society, struggle with. Like, it's like everybody wants to do everything right till they succeed, but if they don't fail, it's harder to succeed. Oh, early on in my professional career, I ran away from I ran away from failure at the cost of of, of success. Mm-hmm. Like I was so scared of failing that I wouldn't put myself in a position to fail, right. which caused that just delays your learning, which delays your growth, which delays right. your success. Right. So if, um, if running toward failure is a value that you've stumbled upon in life, would you mind sharing one of the failures that, that you've walked through in life going, all right, this is, this is hard, but the lessons you learned from that became invaluable? Um, you know... People ask me, you know, what failures have you had that have really had an impact? And, you know, I look back through my life and I look through the, the situations I've been through, the stories I've been through, the trials and tribulations, and, and people, people always ask me, do you, do you wish you would have not gone through those? I said, absolutely not. I'm glad because I like the direction my life's heading. I like the direction my business is heading. I like who I've become. I like the family, you know, where we're at with our family. Um, There's so many things I love about my life, and it wouldn't be possible had I not gone through those failures and those situations. Would I want to do it again? No. (laughs) I would definitely, you know, and... um, but I'm grateful that I did, so I don't regret it one bit. Um, I don't remember specific failures, you know. Um, I learn from them and move on. It's mm-hmm. I, I try not to dwell in it. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. I think there's a I think there's a T-shirt maybe down the road of uh, complacency is the great dream killer. Yeah. Not failure. Oh yeah. That was good. That's a good one. I love that. Because that, that's that's something that I've struggled with in my life is I've um, I've always uh, I, I love learning new things and so mm-hmm. I, I jump into something about the time that I you know kind of get a handle on it I'm like all right what's next mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, you know just just striving for that next level has always been um, you know a little bit elusive for me at times and complacency is kind of defined I I don't well, believe in the phrase good enough yeah. You know, I'm always grateful, but never content. And as a business owner, can you, I mean, like, is it, it's, it's hard not to, I mean, you tell me, 
in your in your experience, do you think that your if you'd have got complacent at any one of these points, would you think you'd be where you're at? Like, would you got to const, or would you say you have to constantly strive for learning more? Well, you know, as an individual, I believe that we're all called to be good stewards, right? And a lot of times, stewardship is is connected with money. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I think that's just a byproduct of good stewardship. To be honest with you, um, we're called to be stewards of good talents and abilities. And um, there's so much more in me, even at this point in my life, that I'm not even aware of what I'm capable of. And if I, mm. you know, I want to be, when, when this is all said and done, I want to I hear, well done, my good and faithful servant, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, but I, I can't just say, nah, I'm good. I'm good enough. This is good. Mm-hmm. Let's right. just ride it out from here. I, I, it's just not, it's not my DNA. Mm-hmm. Drives my wife nuts because she loves routine. She loves being comfortable, and that's that's her. That's her gift, and right. she balances me, which is a good thing. Um, you know, she's a yin to my yang sometimes, most of the time. Um, but for me, I I just I can't live in a place of contentment. Um, and people say that robs me of peace. Mm-hmm. Uh, peace for me is different, I guess. You know, well, by all, all intents and purposes, you achieved a level in the insurance agency business early on that that you had what a lot of people would say are the ingredients to bring peace, and it didn't bring peace. Right? No, no, not at all. Because, I mean, there's there's more to life than money. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, so um, what do you see, you know, as you encounter, whether it's in the business world or just life in general... What do you see in other people that they underestimate that you wish, you know, if we just kind of got this right, things would, things would move a little smoother in life? Um, I think as human beings, our inherent, one of our inherent flaws is the path of least resistance. So um, people will always underestimate the amount of work that it takes to get something done. Um, you know, just as a homeowner, I think I can get something done in a weekend and six weeks later, I'm still working on it. Right. Right. Um, but as human beings, we always underestimate the amount of effort that it's going to take, um, the amount of time something's going to take to get something done. And so you kind of, you know, whether it be in business, in your relationships, in life, I just believe that you got to, um, it's, it's so much more effort than what you realize, um, because things are going to go wrong. You know, Grant Cardone wrote a great book called 10X. Um, he talks a lot about that. You know, the reason most people fail is they don't, um, they don't have a contingency plan, right? Hmm. They they strategically plan everything out that I if I do this, 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 and this, I'll get this done right at the last minute, right? It's I'm gonna put in the minimal effort to get the maximum results. And but what if X happens? What if Y happens? What if you don't get this deal that you're counting on? I, I will admit I've done that multiple times in my life. And so you just underestimate the amount of effort it's gonna take to get you where you want to go. Because there, there's, no, there's, no, there's, no, there's no extra in that, right? Mm-hmm. If you're just putting in the bare minimum and something goes wrong, now you're way off track. Right. Right. Yeah, I, um, uh, Ace Ventura, you ever seen that movie? <laughs> you know, the scene where he's in the car trying to get it to start and the guy's coming around with the bat and he looks in the mirror and says, objects in the mirror closer than they appear. I, I feel like that's how I've lived life, going, oh, yeah. I can I can totally refloor the living room and kitchen and dining room in a weekend and 
and then I end up calling Chris, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I would imagine that people listening to this are sitting in a similar place. Um, I mean, we, we've got the great resignation going on in our culture. You know, people are resigning their jobs in the droves at the moment. And it can't be far off of most people's thoughts of, if I make some few tweaks to the things I know, I could really impact my community through a business. Um, what what did it take? What were some of the ingredients that getting over that hurdle of okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna do insurance again, and I'm gonna open this company, and here's some tweaks. Um, what are some of the determination factors that you had to go through just to be able to launch that? I got to keep my mission at the forefront of my uh, of everything I do, um, and that's impacting the community. Insurance is just the vehicle that enables me to do that. And I was just having a conversation yesterday with a business owner. He opened a a franchise business. And he goes, you know, I want to get to the point where we're giving back to the community and and doing, you know, making an impact. And I was like, what do you mean wait till you get to the point? Mm -hmm. You will never get to the point if that's your mindset because there's always something else that's going to pull – your time and attention away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll, I'll never forget my my very first check that I wrote to an organization was a couple hundred bucks. Right. But that was what I had agreed to do, right? Absolutely. Now I'm writing checks that have commas in them to organizations. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to I'm not going to lie, it's hard sometimes because I know what I could be using that money for to grow my business faster. But that was never my goal to grow my business fast faster. Right. That was never my goal to increase net profit as fast as I can. My goal was to impact our community through insurance. Absolutely. So I do that first. Mm-hmm. You know, and it you know, it's sacrificial. Absolutely. <laughs> at yeah. times. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, you can't wait to become generous. You right. have to be generous now with what you have, even if that's ten bucks, hundred bucks. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So how um, within um, within the insurance agency, mm-hmm. within your business, how do you keep that mission in front of others? Um, just telling them anytime I do a proposal, it's the first thing I say, you know, before we get in talking about the insurance coverages and I bore the spots off of Dalmatian, let me tell you <laughs> why I started my insurance agency. And I, I go into the story and talk about how we take a portion of every dollar you pay in premium. We reinvest that back into our community to help impact, uh, organizations that elevate the human condition or our military veterans and first responders. I say that every single proposal that I do with a customer every single time. Um, it's just, it's woven into the fabric of who we are and it can't be pulled out. You know, it's not a thread or a splinter that can be pulled out of that fabric. It's, it is the fabric. Part of that DNA. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Absolutely. What would, um, what would you do going back to that 20 year old JC? What would you say to him knowing what you know today? You're, you're going to fail. You're going to get stuff wrong. Um, it's going to hurt, but embrace it. Don't run away from it. Don't hide from it. Um, chase it. That's what I would, that's what I would tell myself. Mm. I was so fearful of looking dumb and I still battle that today. You know, I can come on a podcast and get in front of a microphone and tell you all this great stuff, but if I'm going to be transparent with my own insecurities, I still battle that today. Um, I don't like to look stupid. Um, unless I'm in a social setting where I don't mind looking stupid. Would you say, I'm curious, because I'm, I'm, 
I'm thinking about these thoughts too. Is like, as a leader in our community, is it even that much harder to be a little bit more scared about the fact that if you fail, you're going to do it in front of a group of people? I, you know, uh, it goes back to a part of my story that I kind of omitted because um, I don't like to get too nitty gritty into the weeds. But um, between ten and fourteen. Um, my mom and I were involved in a family situation. She had gotten involved with a gentleman who was very verbally abusive. And, um, you know, a turning point in my life, I'll never forget this moment as long as I live. And if I can get through this without tearing up, it'll be, it'll be a miracle. But um, I was 11 years old, and the gentleman said, run back in the house to get my keys. I could not find them. And after about five minutes, he busts through the door and says, JC, you are freaking worthless, and I will never forget those words as long as I live. Um, and it fueled me, to be honest with you, it fueled me. Um, but we were in that situation for about four years, and I heard a lot of things like that and worse things than that. Um, but um, so that's part of me. I don't like to look stupid mm-hmm. um, when people are looking to me for um, in the role that I'm playing. I don't mind admitting my failures. That's one of the things I've learned is take responsibility right away. If you screw up, be honest about it. Say, hey, I screwed up, and do everything you can to fix it. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in business, let's be real, everybody screws up, right? And exactly. that's, that's expected. Mm-hmm. It's what do you do when you screw up. That's, exactly that's right. what separates company A from company B, or right. person A, or leader A from leader B. You know, I've, I've been involved with a lot of people who, um, when they screw up, they keep perpetuating that screw up rather than just saying, hold up, you're right, I messed up, Right. here's how we're going to fix it. And, and so um, maybe to some extent, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I have learned to become a lot more vulnerable than what I was before. Um, and that's part of that maturation process. Vulnerability instantly makes two people able to connect because, you know, when, when people can't be vulnerable with one another, if you can't be transparent and honest and open, it's because you're thinking, I'm going to tell you something that you're going to want to use against me. That's exactly right. <laughs> and so therefore, I'm not going to tell you. But right. when you're vulnerable and open with somebody else, especially men, yep. Um, yep. It's, it's worse with men. Yep. It, sorry, ladies, but it, it just is. Um, but when you come out in a situation and are vulnerable and open with another individual, it immediately gives them permission to be the same with you, and a relationship is established. Absolutely. Um, and, and so uh, that's had been something I've had to learn to do um, because of my pride. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have learned to do that over time. And, and um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds good. A lot of times it's hard to distinguish the failure as something that we did from a strategic position of, I think we're going to make this decision, go here, oh, wrong thing. <laughs> that's, a, that's a failure that it's, you know, that, that's on us. Mm-hmm. Um, but when it's like the gentleman you mentioned that has a warped perception of who you are, or it's something out of your control, you know, where, where we do feel like, oh, well, crud, I just looked dumb <laughs> in that. You know, there, there's, a, there's a distinction there of, of how we how we deal with each side of that failure. And, and, um, man, there's, 
There's been a lot in this that I'm going to have to process on yes, for a while in there. Uh, I completely agree. I was like, wow. Talk hey, about, good, good. Yeah, this good, is really good. I mean, this is good, vulnerable stuff. It's like exactly what you said. Like, um, I don't, uh, I think at some level, at the vulnerability gives gives a new opportunity to speak into other people's lives as well as um, grow. I think it's huge. Well, I, I, you know, if more leaders in our society were willing to be vulnerable, um, it'd be amazing the impact that we would have. But yeah. there's so many people fearful because it does get used against them, right? Right. Yeah. And there's a lot of people that are, will, that are willing to, to use that and take advantage of somebody else as well. Absolutely, um, and and there's a lot of people that run from that too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, this is we're 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 talking about a world that's made up of multiple businesses that is different kinds of leadership, but these are the values that we really appreciate in strong leaders. These are yeah. these are these are the values that we see other people, other leaders excelling in, like the leaders that you and I know, the leaders that you and I know. Just these are the people that are just rocking it and just. Mm-hmm great leaders with vulnerability. Well, you know, I think it goes back to some of our inherent flaws as human beings where um, pride and ego is pretty much the root of just about every fail, you know, every shortcoming that we have Mm -hmm. and um, people's pride and their ego. um, We've all had people that maybe we looked up to at one point, but their pride and ego would not allow them to be vulnerable. Mm. They, they, you know, I'm open to the possibility Always, to, to everything that I do, I'm open to the possibility that there's a better way to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and as I grow my business and I add people to my team, that is one of my core values is this, look, I'm not perfect, and I, if you have a way that you think might be better, let's get it out on the table and let's discuss it. Right. Because I'm probably going to learn something from it. Right. 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 You know, I don't have all the answers, but I'm, I'm willing to seek new, new answers to, to old problems. Mm-hmm. Vulnerable, humble, always learning, <laughs> embracing failure. I don't know what. I, th- those are the. Uh, what's the what's the right word right phrase? Um, the the not logical ways of being successful in business. I was thinking keys to success, which is. Yeah, but they're not the but the not the not logical part totally makes right. sense. Those were not in a book twenty years ago. No, they weren't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they were. I, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, JC, thank you for your impact on our community, your thoughtful leadership, your your passionate desire to be in in community with other leaders, other business uh, here on here on the South Side. It's uh, it's a huge impact. Yeah. And thanks for coming here and. And having conversations with us and being vulnerable with us to, you know, to, sh- to share this with others that want to learn. Absolutely. Well, I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. And hopefully that uh, my story will touch at least one person, you know. Absolutely. Right. That's and a hope. If, if we can just impact just one person, mm-hmm. then that makes, that makes things worthwhile. Absolutely. This is true. Well, we're going to, I'm going to go listen to this again and unpack the, <laughs> the leadership gold that was in here. So, right. thank you again. Yes. Well, I got to tell you, Jason, that was a lot of great information. Well, yeah. On our first podcast, yeah, we found we found interview gold on that, one, didn't we? Right, we did. <laughs> that so much so, I'm not sure what parts we need to make sure we recap on and hit on. Yeah. Uh, for my takeaways, so I'm going to throw I mean, this we, question at you. We really didn't even tell JC a lot about. Hey, this is the leading 
leading, leading a serving but, podcast. I mean, he he knew kind of what we were doing, but right. we hadn't fully formulated that. He just knocked it out. And then the he park. just leaned right into it. It was perfect. <laughs> so tell me, Jason, what? Give, give, and so we don't have a lot of time. So give right. me. Give me the short tidbits okay. on some of the things that you think the thing are that, awesome. The thing that really hit me was that JC was talking about how he doesn't measure his business based on the bottom line, the net income. You mm-hmm. know that uh, he measures his business more on the impact he brings to the community. And coming from a nonprofit background, that, that's totally my thing because nonprofits are generally about the community, and right. for profits are generally about the owner's back pocket maybe or something like that. And I love how he has integrated those two things and he fights for the highest good of our community mm-hmm. through insurance. I, I I thought that was really cool. I would love I would love to know more businesses, see more businesses adopt that type of mindset in our community of mm-hmm. I'm just I'm gonna fight for people. I'm gonna fight for the good. Well, and and, let me touch on something that you said, which I thought was very interesting um, that JC was talking about. He, you know, at one point he was saying that he wasn't sure he wanted to do insurance and then he kind of got back into it and it just, but he's leaned in on it on such a great job and honed in on the thing that has come to him and has been a great Mm -hmm. avenue for him to be success as a business leader and to serve his, his community is just amazing because it's just now he sees it as his new vehicle to be able to serve others in a leadership facet mm-hmm. that not everybody else can do. And yeah. I mean, I know I can't do it. Yeah. So, I loved how you said it's not fun to sell sell you something that we hope you don't use. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, which is a <laughs> But then he turns that into let's impact our community through this. Right. That's that's cool. And so. and then his ability to be like, you know, it's he's trying to measure his success based at some level on what he's giving back to the community, right, right, which is a neat, a neat observation from, from the idea of um, a for-profit business, right, right. right? I mean, because I mean, kind of contradicts like, how can we be giving all this money away and still mm-hmm. be a for you know and still succeed and still succeed, Absolutely. which is amazing. It's a great. He's definitely. That was cool. Give me some great wisdom. That was cool. So if you want to know more about JC, um, you can find him at Catalyst Insurance Group. Um, I always have a hard time spelling the word catalyst, so it's uh, I had to write it down. C-A-T-A-L-Y-S-T, and then insurance is I-N-S, and then group is G-R-P.com. So Catalyst, I-N-S, G-R-P.com. Look up JC and uh, learn a little bit more about what he's doing in our community. And, hey, uh, next week on the podcast, I think we've got Eric Vermillion coming in. Yes, we do. And we're uh, excited about that looking one too. forward to that. So, yeah. hey, uh, leadership is serving, and we hope that you'll uh, take a little bit of tidbit from JC and what we're doing here to, to go out and impact our community, fight for the highest good of others, serve others. and Super excited about this. Good stuff. So yeah, it's been yeah. a pleasure, Chris. Hey, See thanks, you next Jason. time. Yeah, bye. See you guys.